Hello everyone, I'm Secretary of Agriculture Sonny Perdue, and I'd like to welcome you to the sunny side of the farm. Well, hello everyone, this is Secretary Sonny Perdue again, and welcome back to the sunny side of the farm. This is the podcast that tells you what we're doing here at the Department of Agriculture and where we hope to go. But today we've got a great opportunity to hear from who the president calls the great Larry Kudlow, <laughs> the director of National Economic Council and advisor to President Trump, one that he trusts uh, implicitly there. So, Larry, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Mr. Secretary. Pleasure. We always enjoy hearing you, and I don't think anyone speaks more directly to the economy than you do. And uh, I happen to believe that the economy is really important as well. I think people understand uh, what's happened during this Trump resurgence of the economy, where people had stagnated the previous eight years, and uh, you articulate that better than anyone I know. So that's what I want to talk about, because the farm sector, which this, uh, uh, this podcast is primarily to, they're part of the economy too. You know, while they're good producers, they got to make a living, and they rely on good tax policy, good regulatory policy, and those kind of things. So that's important. What do you... Tell us what your views are on the economy and what's what you've seen the last three and a half years. Well, listen, there's, there's two parts to this. Pre-pandemic, which was the first three years, and of course uh, we had to go through the, the pandemic and the mitigation and the closing of the economy, which did a lot of damage, but we are coming out of that now uh, almost in record fashion, so I'll get to that. The, the first point I want to make is uh, the president's tax cuts and deregulation measures, uh, along with his uh, support of the energy sector uh, and his reckoning on uh, fairer and more reciprocal trade deals, um, gave the economy a tremendous boost, tremendous boost. And the numbers coming out of that, I'm not going to go through everything, but what I think really matters is the Census Bureau told us about 10 days ago in their annual report that in the first three years of the President's administration, median family income, this is middle class folks, median, uh, has jumped up to 69000 a record high. Um, it increased by $6,500 in the three-year period pre-pandemic. That is, believe it or not, five times the increase of the administration. All eight years. All eight years. We beat him in three. And in fact, just in 2019 alone, uh, the increase was above 10%. Now, that's significant for a lot of reasons, but it's the first real, it's like a wage increase. It's the first real increase in wages since the year 2000. Yeah. And this covers the entire economy. And the point that I like to make and the president likes to make is that the people who benefited from his tax cuts and deregulation were the people who needed it the most in the middle and the lower rungs of the income ladder. Now, I am not in, I don't do class warfare, and I want to see everybody get better. Rising tide lifts all boats. But it is worth noting, uh, despite criticisms of this, and they are fact free criticisms that it was precisely those in the middle and lower rungs, those who needed it the most, who hadn't had a raise in uh, 15, 16 years, who benefited the most from the tax cuts and the deregulation. That is a crucial fact and sets the stage for this election. 
And you know, I think they get it. I think, again, when you want to re resolve or solve the inequality question, that's the way it begins for those. We, we know about the unemployment numbers or the employment numbers for uh, minorities and uh, others there during that period of time. Across the board, I mean, the, we, got, we hit a 3.5% unemployment number, which is a record low in the whole history of the uh, statistics. But importantly, it's spread amongst all the uh, areas, as you mentioned. You saw African Americans, historic low. Uh, Hispanic Americans, historic low. Asian Americans, historic low unemployment. Uh, not a minority group, but women. women. Uh, near historic low. I mean, it was a lower number in the early 50s, but that, other than that, historic low. So it was spread far and wide. And poverty rates went down. Inequality measures right. improved. I mean, that's another yeah, that's important right. thing. We get criticized for this stuff. Right. As I say, it's fact-free criticism. Of course, the stock market was booming. Uh, you know, over 100 million Americans own 401ks and such. So that's an important factor as well. So it was a great success, a great success. And those policies worked. And that's the heart of the economy. And, you know, I used to call it the blue-collar boom. Mm -hmm. uh, we are seeing a resurgence of that now. Uh, but I think wherever you are, these policies work. And uh, you don't want to raise taxes. After this kind of pandemic contraction, I, I don't know who in their right mind wants a cross-the-board tax hike. You know, the benefits will come uh, right out. You mentioned four important points about the economy. You talked about tax reform. You talked about deregulation. And you talked about trade and then the energy uh, independence that we have achieved under this administration. So let's take those one at a time. Farmers pay taxes too, obviously, and that I can tell you the depreciation aspect of the tax policy has been instrumental. Uh, obviously, our equipment manufacturers are very happy over this depreciation there. We hear that a lot. But tell us about what the premise was behind the tax policy changes and what effect they've had. Well, um, you know, big cuts in taxes. I worked for Reagan years ago who changed the face of tax policy by slashing tax rates. Uh, you get two effects. You, you put more money in people's pockets, the so-called cash effect, but you also provide incentives on the extra hour work, the extra dollar invested, the extra risk taken for a, a farmer, small family farmer, uh, or any small business uh, woman. That's the marginal effect, the incentive effect is so important. Now, this is a key point. Our Critics say it was only tax cuts for the rich. And I'm going to come back to the earlier point I made. The bulk of the benefits from the business tax cuts, both the large companies and the smaller businesses, the LLCs, uh, well, those pass-throughs were hugely pass-throughs. Yeah. Uh, those benefits accrued mainly, like roughly 60%, to the middle class, main street, blue collar worker. Mm -hmm. And that was the theory we were using. My dear friend Kevin Hassett, who was in CEA, and myself and Arthur Laffer, this is the point we wanted to make. It not only makes our companies more globally competitive, so we keep them here, okay, but it actually helps the middle more than any, any other area. That's who hires middle. those people. 
<laughs> Small business is so vital yeah, to this. Yeah. And they pay income taxes and they pay business taxes and suffer from overregulation. So that was the theory. So now we also had individual tax cuts. We also have family-related tax cuts. We had the uh, child tax credits, the earned income tax credits, and we lowered tax rates modestly, do more in the second term probably. And the benefits flowed principally to the middle-class folks. And um, President Trump has remade the Republican Party on that basis. But he's actually a blue-collar guy. I mean, he's in the building business, in the construction business. He's a blue-collar guy who you know, worked in the yards, in the construction yards, okay, with all kinds of folks from all over the world and all colors of their skin. So he understood this from day one, just as my former boss, Ronald Reagan, understood it. That's why I get so enthusiastic about this. I say it often uh, everywhere I go, but you know as well as I do how fond he is of American farmers and ranchers. Right. And I think the reason is he sees the embodiment of that American spirit that built this country, hard work, risk-taking, entrepreneurship, uh, family values, and, and just wanting to make it better for the next generation. We see that all over the country. Now, to your other point, though, which is crucial on the depreciation, uh, immediate expensing was a key part of the plan mm -hmm. besides the tax cut for business. So, unfortunately, that begins to phase down in two years. But the depreciation, Sonny, is crucial absolutely a key part of the program. You know, in another area, uh, as much as we have arguments with China, and we do, we have significant uh, geopolitical arguments with China and their behavior in Hong Kong and human rights and the Uyghurs and the South China Sea and so forth. Nonetheless, we did generate this phase one China trade deal. Ambassador Lighthizer did a great job. You were participating in that. I was. We all had a, we had a great team. Um, it turns out that um, we are opening markets, and uh, we are engaged, and China is following through uh, with uh, agriculture, farming, commodity-related purchases. They actually are doing it. Now, we'll keep an open mind, and we'll keep score. Uh, they're a little behind because of the pandemic, but the catching up, recent months, as you noted, uh, we've had record purchases by China of our uh, foodstuffs. And that's very important. Oh, I'm a believer in opening export markets. Right? And you're, you're a free market economist. Let me tell yes, you sir. what. Soybeans were at 1072 yes. yesterday, a five-year high. That's a big Corn move. was 414, right. a five-year high. You're the only, Wheat was over $6. You're the only <laughs> Ag Secretary that knows this stuff. I love this because I, I, I'm heavy into commodities when I was practicing economics for a living. Yes, you're exactly right. Well, the and a lot of that's China demand. The president has been so defensive of the farmers with obviously uh, market facilitation programs, coronavirus uh, uh, money in that way. But... We know there's these farmers, there's not a farm in America that would rather not earn it across the scales mm -hmm. than get it through the mailbox. But they certainly appreciate the fact that he's been there allowing them to move through this transition period for higher prices. So we're seeing it. Yeah, it's, it's good. And we'll keep an eye on China, but so far so good. And I think the U.S. MCA deal was good. Okay. All right. It, it, it's improved domestic content. It's helped the uh, autos, manufacturing, farmers, ranchers. Uh, and we will do more. That is huge. Let me just tell you, uh, from the farming community, 
I think deregulation has been almost as important as the tax cuts. Mm -hmm. Can you say waters of the U.S.? Right. That was a confiscatory right. policy of right. the previous administration that was really going to damage agriculture. Right. So you're exactly right. So we've changed the rules uh, on clean water. We've always had clean air. And I might add, uh, in terms of the energy sector, the fracking and horizontal drilling revolution, which is American technology advances, uh, and the unbelievable release of natural gas and related products has made us energy independent and also made the air cleaner. And that is a point that our critics just refuse to deal with. We have made the air cleaner. Carbon emissions have fallen under his uh, term uh, by, I believe, 11 percent, some odd. And that will continue to happen. We've had cafe fuel standard reform, so we have safer cars now. Uh, because we're not having extreme uh, miles per gallon uh, measures. We've also added heavily to the ethanol uh, situation, uh, speaking of the farm belt, and that's a very important source of energy. We will continue to support that in the years ahead. And um, we've had pipeline uh, executive orders. Uh, we've had NEPA, the uh, National Environmental Policy Act. We've amended those rules so that it doesn't take 15 years to start a project. We'll get it down to two years or less. That's a crucial aspect of his regulatory policies. Also, uh, ironically, for all the talk on the other side about how they care about uh, emissions, they didn't do a darn thing uh, in terms of the Superfund problems and mm -hmm. the brownfields and all that. We have done more than anything ever did by cleaning up, including mm -hmm. the whole mess in Michigan with the Flint water story. We cleaned that up. They didn't. And uh, we're proud of that. So we haven't sacrificed one iota of uh, clean air environmental standards, but we have streamlined and reduced red tape, and we've tried to work with business because business is very important. You know, funny thing, a lesson, Cudlow 101, um, everybody wants a good job. God bless them. You can't have a good job unless you have a healthy business. And folks tend to forget that. So everybody wants to attack business. Wrong. It's business who creates the jobs, which then creates the family incomes to live the good, prosperous life here in America. And so we are cognizant of that. And what I hear across America is businesses finally believe that government is for them, not against them. That's what, as a, I came from the private sector over the last eight years. I felt like I was having to fight the, my federal government in order to create jobs and provide livelihoods for our employees there. Now I think they feel like our government's supporting them through policies, through tax policies, through regular sense, common sense regulatory policies. That's a huge difference. That's a cultural attitudinal change that I think makes people want to invest and that's what we see happening. Yeah, agreed. And we've worked with business so much, you know, including all the health and safety measures. Yeah. You know, uh, Operation Warp Speed, this developing therapies and vaccines, we worked hand in glove with private business. Sure. We created guidelines. They did the work. They're the smart people with all the breakthroughs. We'll get a vaccine faster than anybody ever imagined possible. But we did that in all the sectors. We worked with business to develop streamlining and incentives, let people, people keep more of what they earn, and it's paid off. Now, here we are, five months into what I think is a V-shaped recovery. Again, 
we had terrible winter, terrible first half of the year because of the chi China virus and because of the mitigation we had shut down for about 45 days or so. Now the businesses are about 80% reopened. And those lower tax and regulatory policies still remain. Now we have provided emergency assistance and rescue assistance where needed, and we will continue to do so. But the economy is coming back faster than anybody thought, frankly. Um, the V-shaped recovery, we're looking at a major boom in housing and construction and automobiles. Manufacturing has regained uh, 725,000 jobs. Construction has regained nearly 700,000 jobs. The unemployment rates come down from near 15 to 7.8. Uh, more to do. About half the people have gone back to work. So we have more to do there. Still too much hardship. Nonetheless, progress is being made. Retailing has done extremely well. Technology has done extremely well. Um, new business startups are setting records now. And it's funny, it's the American way. If you, if you give people incentives, uh, reward success, don't punish it. Reward workers, don't punish them. So you may lose your job. Your restaurant may close. I don't like that, but what the numbers show, again, Census Bureau numbers, people are going back to starting businesses. Mm -hmm. The business applications for startups, new startups, are off the charts, it's unbelievable. And to your point about confidence, um, consumer confidence, soaring. Uh, small business confidence, soaring. So we got work to do. We got to stay on track with uh, good pro-growth prosperity policies. But we are recovering. This is a very strong underlying economy. It got smacked by this terrible natural catastrophe disaster, okay? But as that leaves the stage and the business is reopened, we are coming back. We've been talking about that. I call it the V-shaped recovery. He bought into that term. He now calls it a super V, <laughs> being a good communicator that he is. And um, I'll tell you, even today, we just had a huge decline in weekly unemployment claims and continuing claims yeah. and insured unemployment today report. Big declines across the board. So. All is not well, I get that. Uh, we have to stay with the health and safety guidelines to deal with the virus, masking and distancing and testing and uh, hygiene. Uh, we keep working on the vaccines and the therapies and we'll keep assisting those areas. You know, small business needs help, airlines need some help, unemployed needs some help. We, we need to, uh, Congress needs to, uh, to uh, repurpose their legislation to back up unemployment. The President's executive order did it for three months, but it's going to run out. So there's work to be done, but I like what we see. And uh, if there's a second term, you will see it's sort of more of the same. What worked in the first term pre-pandemic will be reapplied. I think the people get it. I want to go back to energy just for a second. You think about the fact that uh, uh, the geopolitical issues that we had over energy dependence upon other countries here. Think, just talk for a second about what uh, the energy independence means for this country. Well, uh, so we're exporting now, not importing. 
we're providing uh, cheaper electricity, literally powering the economy. Now, if you're strong at home, you're strong abroad. That's a key point. Second, uh, we are cutting into Russia's dominance in Europe uh, regarding things like uh, LNG and pipelines uh, because of our successes in the energy. We are very competitive, and many, many countries in Europe are now turning away from, from the Russian uh, pipelines and so forth. And the same is true in Asia. We are now big suppliers of, uh, again, natural gas, LNG, to these Asian countries that need energy. Uh, and so that will help us in our relations with China. This is strength. This is just old-fashioned strength, economic strength, energy strength, and it uh, is changing, literally changing the world political scene. Energy exporters rather than energy yes, importers. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, folks, I think you can tell why the president refers to uh, this man as the great Larry Kudlow. He's very wise in uh, his economic analysis, and this is a, a person that the president relies on for uh, uh, economic policies. And Larry, I want to thank you for joining us today. I know that our uh, community that listens to the sunny side of the farm uh, is going to benefit from uh, these kind of analysis, and uh, we wish you well going forward. Thank so, you, Mr. Thank Secretary. you very much. Be thank well. you. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the sunny side of the farm, and I look forward to visiting you again next month.